AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. 
Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Just because you don't know it, don't mean we're not going to ask the question. (laughs) Ricky, ask the question. Which eight English cities can have derby matches? So we've got London, Birmingham, Liverpool, Manchester, Manchester, Bristol, Bristol, Birmingham. Did you say Birmingham? Birmingham. Yeah, it said Birmingham. One played at the weekend that you've already. Sheffield. Yeah. Sheffield. So there's there's two more. Two more. Fucking hell. Uh, I think we should just carry on recording them. I mean, when it comes to us, we'll just shout out intermittently throughout the pod. Be a bit weird if he's screaming <laughs> in the middle of, of conversations. Oh. Hang on, Norwich and Ipswich are not in the same city, are they? No. Alright, fuck it, let's carry on. Uh, hello, welcome back, gentlemen. <laughs> How's it going? Ricky, how you doing, mate? Yeah, all good, mate, all good. Still got a cat? Yeah, still got Arthur. How is uh, your little lady? Uh, she's, uh, there's been a slight, and I mean the slightest bit of improvement. She's now eating her breakfast downstairs and eating her dinner downstairs because she was running up, just getting out from school and just sitting on her bunk bed uh, where the cat can't get to her. They can get up there. Yeah, I know, but she doesn't know that. She thinks she's safe up there. Let her know. Uh, no, not enough. Yeah, yes. that's one. <laughs> I was paying attention. Uh, not scouting, not scouting. Right, there you go. And um, yeah, and so a mate of mine came over on Saturday, and he was holding uh, Arthur, and I was holding my daughter. And while they were both kind of lifted in the air, she felt safe. Yeah. And then she put her arm out, and she was stroking Arthur. Oh, good. So that was fine. Um, and then uh, I had some family round on Sunday. And we did the same thing again, but she's still, like, really iffy. But the little... I know I can't explain it to a cat, but I'm saying, look, he's harmless. He won't do anything. And then he later, like, I'm stroking him and he's purring. I'm like, can you hear him purring? And then he falls on his back, like, for you to rub his belly. They hate rubbing it. You don't rub their belly. And then you rub his belly and he starts fucking clawing. Yeah, She's yeah. like, Dad, what, 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 why is he doing that? I'm just like, he's playing, he's playing. But there's, like, blood coming from me. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, yeah, no, I mean, you've never had cats, clearly. You nah. never, ever rub a cat's belly. Why? Unless you want to wind them up a bit. Oh, uh, OK. Yeah, they hate it. They pretend and then they... Fight. Look, no, there's, no, there's no doubt in that there will be a time when... She gets scratched yeah, a bit. Yeah, no. She just got to learn. How are you doing, T? Not bad. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Why you been? Too long. It's been like yeah. four weeks, isn't it? Four. There's been a few. A couple of generosity. A couple of work. I've just been working late. But um, what yeah. have you been up to? Um, not a great deal. Did you go to West Ham? No, no, I didn't. I've not been to see us play them at London Stadium. I've been to Upton Park, but not London Stadium yet. No. Mm. I mean, how did you take it? Because I, I was in Amsterdam. And um, I was, I mean, everything looked really pretty when I was watching, looking at the screen. Can, Psychedelic, like. Yeah, yeah, massively. Like, I, I did three days of eating as many mushrooms as I could possibly put in my mouth. I don't even like mushrooms. 
but uh, I, I persevered. And uh, it got to the final day, the day where, um, where I watched the game. I watched it with Stu, my boss. We were also at the same time as watching uh, Celtic Rangers. And they, they'd just gone... Uh, they went 1-0 down when we went 2-0 up. So that was awkward. <laughs> that was awkward. But uh, it, it, was, uh, it was fantastic. There's no better way to watch football than uh, under some sort of influence of mushroom. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not I talking about some kind of influence on anything. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about shiitakes. Yeah. Um, it was. Yeah. It was great. I mean, we were. I thought up until the sending off, we were superb. Yeah. Absolutely superb. I got. I got a little bit nervous in the first ten minutes. I thought there was a little bit of kind of, you know, it was quite a scrappy game for the for the first part. But as soon as we scored, we took over completely. I think as well. Like um, when I was watching, say probably the first fifteen, maybe twenty. Um, when I was watching it, uh, I think I think uh, West Ham had the better of us. They were kind of um, diving into tackles. They were pressuring us, and I think we looked a bit uh, a, li- a little bit flat-footed. But there's only so much of uh, kind of aggression and, and passion and running on that raw energy can take you until uh, you know that strategy isn't going to last for the whole game. And then when it runs out and you're playing against. Uh, a well-drilled team like Spurs, um, we're only going to expose expose those weaknesses, and that's exactly what happened. I think the Antonio injury changed the game for them a fair bit. Yeah, they're uh, you know they're playing they're in a decent shape. They're causing us problems. Um, I'm not sure if the Oviedo tackling an Arteta was before was before our goal, but they were they were very competitive before before we got our first goal. I think the first half might have been a little harsh on them being two 0 down, but we were we were very clinical. And I think um, I think this is a new Spurs team. This is a new 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 way of us playing football. Just counter attacking, just soaking up pressure, and just making it come when we when we get our chances. Absolutely. What well, question is quite it's quite complicated, but it is very good, well thought out. Uh, Khalid Iqbal Kwasi on uh, uh, Facebook. He says, "Is performance more important than result in terms of the team and individuals? Example: media and fans put pressure on Ali not performing to his best, but he's already got three goals and one assist in seven starts." And he's getting better in dangerous positions as well. For Spurs, it's the other way around. Performance is Wembley much better than the result. I don't agree with all of that. Um, but, I mean, look, with performance comes results, ultimately. Yeah, I think you're not going to continue to play well and not win games. I mean, there are going to be some teams who probably feel a little bit unjust in that they're playing well and not got the wins. But the way we've played at Wembley gives me, gives me optimism that we are going to eventually start winning games here in the league. And I think the West Ham game was one of those games where we did enough to win. I mean, I suppose it's probably like Canelo and Golovkin sort of bring boxing into it, where he knew what he had to do to win the, win the fight and he done it. And, and with the West Ham game, we knew that we weren't going to necessarily outrun them or outfight them, but we just knew that when we got our chances, we made them count. Uh, the first question, is performance uh, more important than the result? Uh, so, sometimes it, it is just the result. Uh, you just need that win. Um, and especially in derby matches, I don't care how we win them, just as long as we win. Um, but then other times, as uh, someone who enjoys football and wants to see Spurs uh, play the right way, then then obviously uh, you're looking for the performance. But um, if you if you turn it on its head, and when uh, Chelsea won the European Cup, uh, they were the most like defensive, boring team ever, and the performance. Uh, was horrible. It's just this defensive unit that was just nicking goals here and there. 
if you turn around to the Chelsea fans and said to them, like, performance over the result, they've got the European Cup, but they're known for playing the worst brand of football ever to to win that European Cup. And how like if that happened to Spurs now and we were playing in the Champions League and we won the European Cup, but we were playing absolute garbage football... You'd take it. You'd take it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100% you would. Yeah, I mean, it is quite a good question. There's so many angles to the guy's question. Mm. But in terms of team and individuals, um, I mean, Delhi, Delhi Ali, we all talk about, talk about now. Mm. Um, on Saturday, I was so frustrated with him. But then I think when I took a step back and looked at the bigger picture, I, I, I mean, I felt he did his job in terms of you know getting the assist for two goals. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could, I mean, I think it was he didn't really get the assist for. Kane's second is that what you're talking about well I think I don't know if he's been credited it but no, yeah, he, was involved, he, he was involved in the first it, two it goals was, at least it was ultimately, ultimately his, his work and craft that, that got us there um, it, it's a difficult one because you're watching Delhi for about 90 minutes and at, recently he, he's he, the same frustrations I have with him in his recent performances are the same ones I had uh, a year or two a year ago with Ericsson no, 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 oh, with, 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 with Delhi, where, where he was kind of wasteful on the ball, he would try things that were unlikely to come off, and he kind of, you can contribute to the game by playing things simply, but he, he wasn't doing that in this game, and he wasn't doing that before, and, and what I think is that he's, he's out of form for whatever reason, it might be some of the stuff that we talked about last week about... Um, uh, you know, he, he, his, I don't know, his head might be turned or he's thinking about his agent, whatever it is, something's not quite right there. But, like you say, he came up, he assisted uh, Kane and he more or less assisted the uh, second goal as well. So the interesting thing is um, the front three of Ericsson, Kane and Ali, I mean, Kane's kind of exempt from it more so than the other two. But these are guys known to flit in and out of games, but at important moments they pop up with stuff that wins us games. So... You've always got to take the rough of the smooth yeah, with, with Delhi and, and Ericsson. I think as well, the reason why people have a bit of the needle with Ali is because um, th- there were two chances, two clear-cut chances, um, that a player of his calibre should have buried and should have got us like, well out of sight. And he didn't. And it's kind of disappointing thinking back of like, oh, you know, if we, if we were 1-0 up and he, he puts that in, we're, you know, we're on the straight, straight clear from there. So it's just those, like you are just saying, Flav, those... Uh, those opportunities that you become wasteful or you make the, the wrong decision because they try something when, when clearly if they'd have just squared it, we'd have been a lot, in a lot better position. But again, he's a, he's a young player. He's a, he's, he's a young lad and he's had an absolutely meteoric kind of rise to mm. where he is now. Um, and it'd be foolish to think he's a settled adult and he, he's kind of focused and knows what he's doing. He's, he's going to have that part in his game and that's what... what uh, is different from him above the rest, and so that he can, he can do the sublime, but he also can do the ridiculous. So well. he, he in, in the previous games he wasn't celebrating when he scored. I mean, he celebrated when he scored against Barnsley, yeah. but when he was involved in a, a goal-scoring move, he kind of was n- non-reactive, and that was what made me believe that there was something not right. But he did react when Kane scored. He reacted when he assisted. He reacted when Kane scored his second. So it may be that he's getting over that hump, and yeah. I, I don't, we, we, it's, it's, we, we're like three fans watching a game of football, making massive assumptions about something we don't know. It could be anything, and it could be just poor form. It could be anything. You know, he might be frustrated with his performances. Um, 
But, you know, go on to... I mean, it's, it's got to be a bit crazy. I mean, as we said earlier on, it's a meteoric rise for, for Deli Ali. And now every move he does is, um, you know, looked, up, looked under a microscope. Mm. He's not celebrating the goal. Oh, is it because the agents are after him? Um, I think there was an instance in the game where the ball ran under his foot, which is something you do and you're not really concentrating. I'm thinking someone at that level of football doesn't make that kind of mistake. I think, you know, what the fuck could you be thinking about? This is the London derby here. And there were a couple of chances that, you know, were guilt-edged chances that he sort of put away, or at least worked the keeper and he didn't work them. So people are going to make these assumptions. Thankfully, I mean, we're not at a point where the fans are going to turn on him in any, in any shape or form. No, of course he's, not, no. He's still contributing. We're just but, discussing something, really. But it's all conjecture. I mean, it, obviously, this is all conjecture. Yeah, what, yeah. We, what we think. Kane, though. He can't stop scoring now, can he? I have, I have a couple of Kane stats. Go on, give us some. Um, so, 122 Premier League games, 82 goals. <laughs> in the yeah. Premier League. Fuck so, it's 18 short of 100 Premier League goals. Fuck. So, that's more than Van Nistelrooy, Aguero and Henri at this stage. That's just that's more than mental. anyone else. Uh, I don't know. I, I only it's have. There's the information that I have. <laughs> I think Shearer has. I think Shearer might have had more. Mm. But Shearer kind of um, was on the cusp of the Premier League and the old First Division. So yeah, it's that's a bit weird. Um, another one. Kane has scored 31 goals in 2017. West Ham has scored 35. That's for Oily Sailor, the up to stats guy. It's just so, fucking sorry, mental. What, what was that? We, so, he scored Kane, more goals Kane, than West Ham. No, 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 no. West Ham scored 35. Kane has scored 31. It's going to be a race to see who scores the most goals in 2017. That's hell. just ridiculous. That I mean, is madness. And we take it for granted. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's an old saying, give me, give me my flowers or I can still smell them. And with Harry Kane, it's a bit of that with him. You've got to appreciate Kane while he's with us. You know, I, I want to hear that again. Yeah. Give me my flowers while I can still smell them. Well, why can't he stay? Why can't he stay and, and, and create a legacy like no other well, Spurs player well, he ever wants, did? he wants the records. I think he's obsessed with breaking records being a Spurs player. And I sincerely hope he does. But things like Saturday, we're like, oh, he's scored two. And it's, it's a bit like when um, when Shearer was in his pump, when everyone oh, scored a hat trick again, scored a brace again, and people just think, well, well, whatever, he's got it last week. Yeah, I, I don't. I I did think when he just sl- like slotted that pass into the net for the second goal, I thought this is insane. He's doing it again. And and the narrative, well, he's doing it again. He's got seven goals this season already. Yeah, I'm not going to say a narrative. It's not so much a narrative, but he'd never scored away at West Ham. I thought, well. Well, he has now. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I thought, fuck it, oh, it's just like, yeah. just out a couple of wallets. So there's only four, four teams in the Premier League that he hasn't scored against, I guess, one of them in Brighton. Yeah, and Huddersfield have been two. Cardiff was one, but they're not in the Premier League anymore, but... Yeah, he's, um, he, he's, he's superb. And, that, and for the third goal, that free kick was absolutely perfect. Well, it wasn't perfect until it would have gone in, but it was almost perfect. And we scored from, the, the you know, cannon off the post and going to Eric, so it kind of... I can't remember what actually happened, but it kind of ricocheted to Ericsson. He calmly slotted it in with good technique. But the, the free kick was superb. Uh, the, the, the first goal as well, like the ball coming in, I think it was slightly behind him. He had to angle himself yeah. uh, to get his head on there. And as soon as like, it left his head, I kind of like, was, I was just waiting for that net to bulge. And as soon as it did, I was fucking going mad. And like as well, it's just his reaction after that. He. He, I, I, I was looking at the screen and he was as joyous as I was and mm. it was kind of like we were both living in that moment and then when the second goal he just kind of uh, rolled it in um, and he celebrated and it was just like being 2 nil up so early on it was just so beautiful it was and then when we went 3 nil up it was almost like how, how many do we score here yeah. um, it was it was a rout at that point and then obviously Serge Aurier um, got 
I mean, deservedly sent off. I think both both were bookings. Um, the first one seemed a bit, looked a bit harsh. I was probably me and my Spurs hat on. Yeah, I mean, but, even but, still, you can understand why it happened. The second well, on, one, as soon as yellow, I, he's, he's turned to that D. As soon as I saw it, as soon as I saw it, I was like, he's gone. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, a couple of things. There was Spurs' first turn to not since Kirikesh away at Stoke. Do you remember that when we lost 3 0? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. I thought it was Norton that West Ham, but apparently it's the Kirikesh against Stoke. Yeah. We know. Um, and that's obviously his third career sends enough and over 200 appearances people think he's like some kind of um, Vieira of like double figures of sending off but he doesn't get sent off that much and um, well, three in 200 is quite a lot not that much really I'm not saying that he's a liability or anything but well it's funny you should say that I mean I did a tweet today because I spoke of um, a colleague at work he says yeah that Sergio is a bit of a liability isn't he and I wanted to flip a table when he said they've had to kind of keep it calm because even in the studio, Pardew was saying, yeah, you know, I think if you know Far Sergio, I'd, av- I'd avoid Pochettino for a few days and, and all well, the rest of it. There seems to be, um, I don't want to say a witch hunt, but there's people who are talking shit about, oh, yeah, and we don't like it. It's because it's easy to fucking regurgitate shit that they've read and, like, to play to that narrative. It's, it's, it's easy filling the air with that crap. I just think, I think it, it seems to be that people will latch on to anything to be right, or, or to, ha- to have an alternative position that, so that they, they can elevate themselves above the banality of their lives. Well, well, yeah, I mean... Nice, nice. I mean, we've got, <laughs> we've got a question here from Ben Borman on Facebook. Um, would you want more players to be like Aurier, risk-takers, that sort of level of passion and effort, even if they get sent off once in a while? And that's kind of what we're, what we're saying here, is that Aurier will always kind of straddle... I can't say always will, but he just kind of straddled the line. He is a bit... He's kind of finding his feet in a very solid defence. So, so he, he's sending off record as like one in every 63 games. So that's, yeah. that's once a season, which is a lot. But I think already he's demonstrated something that we were missing even with Walker there. Well, you mean... Which is a technique and, and the calmness. And strength. Because look at, look at the um, Arnautovic. I mean, people are saying that was a penalty when he pulled his shirt... No, I think, no I, think, way. I think they were both finding each other, to be fair. And, it was 50-50. And that, could that, you imagine Trippier in that situation? Trippier is quite slight. And I know, I should have barged him off and probably yeah, and he slashed it in. in. He wouldn't have had the build to get round. And that tackle was yeah. absolutely superb. It's, exactly. I, I, can't, I can't see the logic in criticising him at this stage. Like, I get the, the sending-off was stupid. It really was. But I've already seen enough to convince or, or to kind of forgive him. I think we signed an absolutely quality footballer there. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned last week on the pod that, you know, he's always smiling, he seems a very happy player. Yeah. Well, when the, players, the players seem to like him, and even the celebrations, he was, he was all in there. And, I mean, he's someone who's probably been watched closely because of comments he'd made historically. He doesn't come um, across, he comes across very positive. Yeah, I mean, he's very popular in the PSG dressing room. If you follow him on Instagram, he's always saying, you know, happy birthday to Thiago and this player and that player. He's still very popular at... There and he's kind of fitted in straight away. Do you know, in terms of his attitude, he reminds me of Zakora about how happy yeah. he is to be. Such there. a happy disposition. Yeah, um, and that's always going to benefit. You, while you look at uh, Delhi and you think, is there something wrong? You look at him and think, he's the happiest player on earth. Exactly. I mean, you know, as I said before, it was a very protracted move. Well, all of them was a protracted, and we thought, well, you know, it's like PSG are going to want to muck in that Spurs, and he's just coming yeah. in, just like settled right in. He just wants to play, but looks a bit. And I don't, I don't like his hair. What? That's oh, the, the, the little badger thing in the yeah, front. Yeah, I like it. But him and Sissoko um, are quite pally. They won a title of, at Toulouse together. Did they really? Yeah. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, Sissoko actually played alright. Yeah, I mean, every week we put the questions out. Everybody's saying, oh, should Sissoko play for Spurs again? Sissoko, this, Sissoko, that. I mean, it's become like a broken record on the pod. We're saying, well, look, he's doing fine. I mean, he's. I mean, it's not worth being hyperbolic about the performance because, you know, he made very elementary errors, kicking the ball out of play and all the rest of it, but he's effective. He's an effective player. He's not someone who's pretty to watch, but he's effective. He definitely isn't pretty to watch, but I, I, I just kind of think Pochettino continu- continues to use him in every single... Do you think the noble incident shows he's got a level of confidence in the team now? But because he... um, what I've said in the past, that he doesn't look confident when he gets the ball, he wants to get rid of it as quickly as possible. But the fact that he's... The fact there's a London derby, high stakes, and... Noble was given. He just stood up to what, what, what are you gonna do, kind of thing. I and mean, maybe he's maybe, maybe he feels a bit more. Maybe himself. or just there's sort of plain facts as what what was Noble gonna do. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the size of Noble and him. It was ridiculous. Like, well, I, I, there was a great picture with um, uh, where it was the bit where Noble was standing up, and it yeah. was unfortunate for Noble, but it looked like he was terrified. Was, <laughs> I mean, I mean Sissoko would have killed him, and and I I loved it because. West Ham fans are properly kind of like nobles, our fucking heroes, our warrior, and all that. And ultimately, a geezer that no Spurs fan really gives a shit about <laughs> could have ripped him a new one. Yeah. Um, the West Ham fans after the game, a lot of, uh, a lot of, obviously they're angry. They're angry. We put a tweet out and said, um, "Have that you slags," <laughs> which. It's pretty tame, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Got a lot of response from West Ham. Really? <laughs> They're an angry bunch. I mean, yeah. I think... They're slags. They are slags. We, we, we received a question. Um, I think a bloke with a 60-year-old daughter got, got a shattered jaw. A Spurs fan got a jaw shattered by a West Ham fan. Really? Well, what, a woman? No, a bloke. Oh, it was a bloke. A bloke of his daughter. And um, people asked if he's going to kick off in the cup game, which is um, a month away... But apparently West Ham's firm are looking for him too. I mean, what? just West Ham's firm are looking for the bloke who did the assault. Oh, so, so they so actually that's that's a, Yeah, it's a start of order, you know, the bloke's of his kid. I've not been to an away game at London Stadium, apparently both fans converge under a tunnel. And at night it can get quite dark, that tunnel, so that's probably where a lot of the stuff kicked off. Right there. So, so both, there's a tunnel and both fans go down? I believe so. And yeah. there's no cop... Well, I've, I've not been myself. I can only talk about mm. the experiences secondhand. I mean, it's a bit like when you go to Upton Park and you've got the chicken run. And I've been there a few times. I know my way around the area so I can avoid the aggro. But London Stadium is fairly new. So maybe the... But it's, it's a venue. It's a sort of fish that's always going to get a bit of aggro anyway. So fifth away win in a row, which is... Well, yeah, from, from last season. Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, yeah. So it's not an easy thing to do. Not right. at all, no. I mean, I'd much rather play away from home than, than at Wembley. Massively, I think. I think every single person would as well. And does that not show a testament to what Pochettino's done? That we're so good away from home, where the the storyline says that you go away from home and you get a point. Yeah, that's starting to change a bit. I think there's about three or four teams also unbeaten away from home this season. But every season, Pochettino evolves. When his first season had Bentaleb and Mason, and we thought next season that's going to be the partnership, and he ripped it up and started again. And it's all about Spurs pressing and pressing and pressing. And now we're a counter-attacking team. So it's almost like a counter-press now. So he's evolved, he's evolved Spurs again. And again, our away record is great. At home, that sort of um, that sort of play doesn't really lend itself to playing at home because you've got a kind of 
impose itself on a game. Yeah. So maybe that, maybe that's where we're lacking. But our waveform is going to be great throughout the season because of that. Well, I think that the, when you when you're at Wembley with the size of the pitch, imposing yourself is a lot more difficult because there's. You have to move to create space and you have to move to uh, stretch their defenders. So obviously they're going to sit in a very tight formation, whoever it is that comes to Wembley. And we're going to have to run further physically, than the most simplest terms, run further to create a, uh, a stress on, on, on their formation in order to create, create room. Uh, and also uh, thinking uh, when, the te- when the team are sitting back, and they've been sitting back for 70, 70 minutes and then they've got like, the last 20 and it, then it's kind of like, right, Spurs are going to be knackered now because all they've been doing is pouring forward and pressuring us. And then when they do start to kind of counter-attack, they're going to have a lot of room to go to, to run into and it's just kind of like figuring out back at Wild Lane, if, if that did happen, you, it's a lot, a lot more of a narrow pitch. But at Wembley, you, you've got uh, yards either side of you so you can... That one, that one uh, through ball that you put through... Is going to have that bit more width, to, so, so that you can that you can make those runs. So it is difficult of uh, balancing the two. And I think as long as we kind of suss it out fairly early doors, I think we'll be all right. Because if we have that away form that, that we've got at the moment, uh, and we uh, and we start getting the res- results in at home, then you know we will be up there. Um, fuck! Completely forgot my point. Good. This keeps happening. Old age. Old age. But, uh, yeah, if, if, if you had a hundred points to give towards a woman, and she could, uh, you'd give say fifty percent to breasts and fifty percent to bum. What would you do? How many points would you give to breasts and how many points would you give to bum? Breasts. That's a good. Oh. Look, I love a bit. I love booty. So probably be forty, sixty, sixty booty, forty tits. I think 50, <laughs> I think 50, 50 but you know I mean I like um, I like, like girls with you know, a bit of shape bit of curves body positive where would you go uh, 60, 40 for the tits for the tits for the tits really I like the tits stop <laughs> doing that <laughs> I, 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 no, I would go I would go 75 arse 25 boobs yeah really yeah I love a bum I know. No, I'm not a, not a bum. Like, not not in that way, but yeah. No, I'll fucking do that as well. Whatever. <laughs> We're liberal. That's like an emergency um, question. Have you got any more of those? No, no. That just literally pops into my head. Um, we've got Applewell and Huddersfield. Uh, are we doing an extra pod this week? I would like to. Yeah. But I can only do one evening this week, and that's well, Wednesday. Behind the curtain, not really worth. All right, all right. Mate. No, we'll do it. Let's do um, two predictions. Quick prediction for the two games. It's not worth fully really going into. Do you know what? Uh, I forgot that we were even playing yesterday. Uh, tomorrow. So. Um, Oh, that fuck knows, aren't they? Huddersfield, um, I, I think, will be... Uh, it's the way, isn't it? It's, it's a way, so um, I, I think we, our waveform is good. We should be beating them. They started the season pretty well, and they beat um, Palace 3-0 away from home. Um, I think they drew last weekend to Burnley. Might have that wrong. But I think we'll win probably 3-1. Oh. No. Uh, I think I am going to go for uh, 2-1 Spurs 2-1 Spurs, yeah you got Flav? Uh, I think 2-0 Spurs I just think um, I think they so far have experienced kind of mediocre sort of no, sort of middle they, level they, they keep a lot of clean sheets weirdly they, they are good defensively um, Wagner has, since he took over from uh, Huddersfield at the beginning of the last season he was. Uh, he, he's done incredible for 
the kind of tools he's been he's been given to work with, and um, he's kind of Pochettino in that instance because he there's an anomaly at a football club always if you overperform. He has got Huddersfield into the Premier League where they had no right to in the Championship. They were had the fifth uh, li- sorry no, fifth um, least or fifth worst wage budget. And they've um, they've fucking got them up. So there's definitely something there, but ultimately, you know, we well, ultimately when they come to when when they they face a club like Tottenham, like Man City and Man United, there's not much you can do. I, I'm not, I'm kind of tempting fate somewhat, but there's not much you can do in terms of tactics if we're on a game. Okay, I've um, got a quick little, well, not not so much a stat, but just. Um, it's our first league against Huddersfield since March 21st, 1972. We drew one all, and Jimmy Pierce scored our goal. Yeah. I think back then they had Frank Worthington. One for the, one for the older guys who are listening to this. Who scored our goal? Jimmy Pierce. Mm. I don't know that. Do you not know him? Legend, I suppose. Really? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, it's just uh, like Huddersfield. Um, like, throughout my. When I used to go and watch Spurs uh, during the 90s, um, and we used to get we, we used to get done by fucking ridiculous things at home. And the old man used to always say to me like, "You you, you should be um, happy that you were kind of you're supporting a team like Tottenham. Uh, amazing support, won everything, uh, nearly everything, and it's amazing. And there are there are kind of you know so called lesser teams and uh, um, what they haven't won, where they are, and stuff like that." And, Huddersfield for where they were, and and coming up to the Premier League. Can you imagine what it feels like for supporting your team for for that long? Like if, you know, but from if we were doing it from like all thirty year olds, mm. um, and, and watching your team in the lower leagues, and then finally getting that chance and playing so, good football so like that manager. They've like, got a, a quality um, quality couple of chance when they're. I think they've got to the semi finals of, of, of the playoffs against Leeds. I think they played last year. And they scored, and one of their players uh, did an interview with, I don't know where it was, some fucking Sky Sports or some bullshit. And he, he goes, It's a fucking dream by, by mistake. He's like, Oh, this is oh, a yeah, fucking yeah, dream. Yeah, 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 I and remember. All the Huddersfield fans would go, It's a fucking dream. It's a fucking dream. It's a fucking dream. It's a fucking dream. That's amazing. Yeah. And that, they also said, uh, We're on our way, we're on our way <laughs> to the Premier League, we're on our way. And now they sing, We're on our way to the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I, lo- I love that Gallows humor, football humour. But yeah. they're the only Yorkshire team in the Premier League. And Yorkshire previously had the Sheffield clubs and Leeds, you know, sort of to say, bigger clubs in them. And now they're the only Yorkshire clubs that they're representing for their, for their county. And Matt, who owns Ball Street, is a massive Huddersfield yeah, fan. Yeah. I've enjoyed their rise vicariously through him. But he's still to this day goes, we're tiny Huddersfield. There's huge giants in Yorkshire. Um, anyway, we've got Applewell as well, away, um, not to be underestimated. No. But if we can't beat a Cypriot team, then... I'm sorry, Spooky. Um, I, I'm not sorry. I mean, like, surely he can... No, I'm, underst- not, I'm not sorry either. No, fuck, fuck Applewell. Anyway, um, so <laughs> in the last seven years... Arsenal have finished in the Champions uh, in, in the quarterfinal of the Champions League zero times. Tottenham and Applewell both have, have, have achieved that feat. Yeah, Applewell in 2012. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That is. Uh... Just shows you how shit Arsenal are, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. 
Apple are currently 10th after three games and uh, they have four points on the table. Um, so they're not doing well domestically. No, I mean, they got beat 3-0 by Madrid in the, in the first game. But this will be a bit more... I mean, tomorrow night we've got injuries. Um, Eriksen's ill, mm. which is which, which you found out today. Um, Vertonghen's suspended. Wanyama Dembele is, are injured. And... Have you said Dele suspended already? No, Dele, Dele, yeah. Dele, Dele, Dele second game of suspension. So it'll be a makeshift team. Hopefully we've got enough to do it. I predict a draw. No, we have to win. We, we have do to. have to win. Because if you get six points and Madrid beat Dortmund, we're six points above Dortmund. That gives us a good chance of qualifying the next round. I mean, the best way to get out of this group is not to think about anybody else. right? We need ten points, but it gets you through. Yeah. Ten mm. points gets you through. We've got, one, we've got three against Dortmund. If we get three both against Apple Well, we only need a, a draw against the both Real Madrid games or the Dortmund games. Well, we've got to watch the Dortmund. other. We've got to watch the other, other game in the group. If, if Real Madrid beat Dortmund and we win our game, then we're six points ahead. We can't. It will be a collapse of colossal sorts to to lose that. Through, yeah. I wish it was that easy. I wish it was no, that it's easy. Exactly as to paper, say, yeah, we've done Dortmund three points, Apple Well home and away nine. All we've got to do is get a draw somewhere. Well, we don't. We can go, you can go through on nine as well. It's just that you have to the, the guarantee. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. Because Dortmund are top of their group, so they're top of their league, and they're doing very well. So, well, so if Dortmund lose both their both their games against Real Madrid, yeah, win both by Apple Well, and we draw with Dortmund, we go through. Yeah, well, we draw like they were pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they're we'll fantastic. Right. We will see. Uh, this has uh, been the first half of the Fighting Cup podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, Ricky has got a special I mean he doesn't know this but a special edition of Wikipedia coming right up yeah windy about to drop the fucking knowledge blood I see you I got your back Hi, this is Windy, back with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off with the loan players, Connor Ogilvie was an unused sub for Gillingham in a 3-0 defeat at Rochdale. That result has prompted Gillingham's head coach, A.D. Pennock, to lead by mutual consent. Tom Glover played for Central Coast Mariners in a 2-0 win over Melbourne Victory in a behind-closed-doors friendly. Anton Walks played for Atlanta United in their 2-0 win over the Montreal Impact. Josh Onema was a 72nd-minute sub for Villa in their 2-1 win over Nottingham Forest, although judging by the social media comments, it wasn't the best cameo in the world. Cameron Carter-Vickers played the full 90 for Sheffield United in their 4-2 away win over Sheffield Wednesday. And Vincent Janssen scored a penalty in Fernabache's 2-1 win over Besiktas. Moving on to the youth teams, the under-18s lost 1-0 at home to Aston Villa, and Jonathan Debee saved a penalty in that match as well. Coach Matt Wells said we dominated possession, dominated the territory to a point, but unfortunately, as we said at half-time, we didn't dominate the final third and made a lot of poor decisions in and around the Aston Villa's penalty area. The under-19s will play Applewell at 2pm on Tuesday in the UEFA Youth League, just before we play their first team in the evening. The under-23s lost 4-2 to Liverpool at Anfield on Friday night. Liverpool had Lazar Markovic and Ben Woodburn both in their starting eleven. Our goals came through a Marcus Edwards penalty and a Christian Magoma curler. Wayne Burnett said after the match, some of our play was a little naive and we have to learn from that. I expected us to make better decisions on and off the ball. In the first half we didn't and we got punished for it. That's it for this week. If you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. Rick, you got another bit of, bit of uh, trivia for us. Go on, hit me. Mm. Right. 
Which player has played in all of the following derbies? Munich, Merseyside, Hargreaves. North London, Milan and the Time Tees. Fuck, I should know this. Let's just move on. Let's just carry on. Would you like the question again, T? Which player has played in all of the following derbies? Munich, Merseyside, North London, Milan and the Time Tees. Oh, Seager. Next. Oh, fucking hell. So we had a plan when you went to the toilet to trick you. So I knew the answer. And you got it. Yeah, there you go. I don't like it. We've, we've, got, no, we've, like we've actually messed got the final derby that, that we didn't get. What's that? The member said the eight derby. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, uh, actually, no, no, no. Don't let, tell anyone. Let, 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 let people them guess. guess. Yeah, let let yeah, them yeah. guess. Yeah. Well, Tweet when, us. When we post this on Twitter, Facebook, Insta, whatever, put your answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll be... Yeah. Tweet us. And share it so we get more followers for our egos. <laughs> um, we haven't got enough on Twitter, not nearly enough. Every single break, we're going to ask another little bit of trivia. Oh, so get a couple more right. lined up. Uh, ben Alfrey, he, he, he put a Twitter out, uh, a poll on Twitter. He says, he goes, would you rather keep Pochettino or Kane? How would you vote and why? Um, I mean, I actually replied, uh, I, I voted Pochettino because he's the glue. He's the glue of, um, of Tottenham. But then... People, people were applying to him saying, oh, I record as Spanish strikers, Kane, we can't replace him, but I believe Pochettino's a glue. It's part of the question. Uh, it can't be, uh, I mean, I, I suppose we can't. I mean, uh, yeah, you're right. The, the record of us signing strikers isn't um, all that great, but Kane is one part of the jigsaw puzzle that Pochettino has cut himself. So in order to... To produce the performances that Kane has and the score of goals that he has, he's had to rely on what Pochettino has instructed his players to do. Poch- uh, Ericsson doesn't move the way he does, and Ali doesn't move the way he does, and our wing backs don't get forward in the way that they do for any other reason than, than Pochettino. Such a simplistic way of looking at it. I get Kane is amazing, and we're so grateful to have him, and he's so important. But out of the two, it's like. If ultimately, right, if you've got a family, a lot of brothers and a dad, right, you've got one older brother who's very good at looking after everybody, but ultimately everybody would want a good father there. That's what Pochettino is. Kane is the biggest brother. That's a brilliant way of putting it. But, yeah, that, that's what we like. We'd be grateful. We love the older brother for looking after us all, but we need a dad. How do you vote, Vic? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Kane. What? Yeah. Why? Because. Um, I, I think it was because uh, it's partly because I doubted him first of all, um, and, I, and, and I was quite vocal of doubting him. Uh, and I watched him play at, uh, a couple of the eighteen eighty two events, um, and I kind of like I, I never thought he would make it. And then he started playing and started scoring. He's uh, the double goal, uh, goal, golden boot winner, two seasons in a row. He's on fire again, and uh, like I said in the first half, like. When he scores and he celebrates, I feel like it's because he's... Uh, the way he celebrates is because he's a Spurs fan and, and when he's scoring and it's that kind of that romanticism of that he's he's one of us and he feels it as much as the heaviest defeats and uh, uh, like the highs and the lows, he experiences it all. And 
when you da- when you're down like when you're tenth, twelfth, fourteenth in the league, and it's those players that you look to to bring that tiny bit of fucking joy in your life again. And and he comes up and he does it time and time again. And it's like if there was someone else there that wasn't that wasn't vocally Tottenham or didn't come from a, top, a, top, a line of family that was Spurs or whatever, and they were banging in goals, I, I would enjoy it. But it's just it's again it's that that, that romanticism of it's one of your own that not only uh, his family supports Spurs. It's like no, uh, I, you, I, you know, like um, he wasn't he wasn't the kind of. Uh, Signing that we wanted him to be, but we knew David Bentley and his whole family supported Tottenham. And when he came along and he scored that goal, and every time he played, I, I willed him so much to do. Rick, I think I think you're answering. But I'm not digging you out here. Yeah. I think you're answering a different question. I think you're asking answering who would who would it hurt more if they left, and rather than who's more important to Tottenham right now. Well, it, would, it would hurt because Harry Kane is Tottenham. To, to be honest, uh, well, I mean, if it was more important to Tottenham, it would probably be um, Poch. But I don't want to answer that. <laughs> OK. A lot of people said that, actually. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, get a question, Rick, for the next, next bit. Um, so, so, I've got some news and articles. Uh, Delhi's promised them, uh, was promised the move to Real Madrid or Man United by the agents battling it out for his signature. This is, uh, there was two agents. One of them's, fucking, what's his name? Jorge Mendes. Yeah, the other Emilio guy. Raola. Yeah, so Raola is, in my opinion, the dangerous one because he's got uh, Pogba to... He's got Zlatan as well. He got, uh, got Ace Milan to agree a ridiculous deal for Donnarumma. Yeah. Um, he's also Diebler's agent. Uh, you know what? Um, I had invited a few mates around my house on Saturday night and I watched the, the Juve game. Yeah. It was against Torino and Dybala is a bollocks. I see what you see. He is, he's amazing. I see what you see, he's an amazing player. I think everybody does. They make, uh, yeah, but I don't watch a lot of European football. I don't generally sit there and watch it. And I, I watch it. Really. And he, he looks great. He's, he's incredible. He's, I think genuinely in Europe he's the next massive superstar I hope he stays at Juve it would be great it'd be great if he doesn't end up we, at Barcelona we, or Real Madrid or often, PSG we often dig out Bardi about the Serie A but I think the crowds there are a bit better than they are in La Liga um, talking about the Dele situation I think it's a matter of time before he leaves Spurs he's very driven he's very career minded are you bothered by that at all? Like, does it bother you like, like, right now if he left for £100 million how would you feel? I'd want him to go abroad. But how would you feel? What would it make you feel if he left Spurs? If he, all right, if he left I'd be, for... I'd be, I'm not, I'm not going to say oh, I didn't like him anyways. No, I'm not a brilliant player. I don't want him to leave. I'd be sad if he left. It's but, um, but I I think we see the kind of person he is. And it's not even a negative thing. He's very driven. He's very single-minded. And Tottenham is just a stepping stone on his way to being, well, maybe the best player in the world. Maybe he won't be. But that's what he wants to be. The best player in the world. Hmm. And... If he sees being the best player in the world at another club, then then fair play to him. But I think there's an inevitability that he's going to leave us, and it's just one of those things. Hopefully, he moves abroad. This is what I want. You think, Rick? They leave us. They always do. He'll leave. I don't know where he'll go. Who will take him? Who will pay the money? Who will pay the money for the wages? But you know, he'll go. They always do. All right, Maraca, Michael Verona on Facebook, he says, last week Potts treated the squad to a steak dinner for the purpose of team bonding. What kind of evening would you treat the squad to for a team bonding experience? 
Well, I think you've kind of lived it for the last three, four days, Flav. It's funny you should say that, T. I, uh, so, uh, as I alluded to at the start of the podcast, I went to Amsterdam and um, took loads of mushrooms. There is no better way to bond people together, sort out problems, than to take psychedelics. I disagree with that. Why? Because I, I went, like, years and years ago, I went with a gang of mates to Amsterdam. Yeah. And we all done mushies and... Uh, it was a. Uh, it wasn't the greatest time for me. It was. Uh, it, w- there was more kind of. Uh, it was personal experience at the time. Cause it was like you know. You know when uh, you see someone that, that's on the edge. It's like let's pull him away from the cliff and push him over. Yeah. So it wasn't a great experience of mushrooms for myself. Okay. So um, how would you? How would you bond the squad? Uh, MDMA. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would work. <laughs> so hang on Okay uh, I can ask a question wait, that who, would, who would react The best and the worst to it Based on what you know about him Sonny Because um, Tony <laughs> D Said a mate of his Put someone in a headlock on no. So who would be The headlock guy uh, And who would be The most man. affectionate I've never met anybody Who did that I've well, never met, uh, met Anybody who did it At all But the um the, the, the aggressive side of things are an anomaly. It doesn't often happen. But the, the positive side of MDMA in a relationship-building circle. So I met, so me and Rick went out um, maybe seven or eight years ago, more, more maybe, yeah, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. when you was living round my way. And you brought your, a few of your mates down. Yeah. And one, one of your mates, I didn't really speak to all night. Yeah. We went back to yours. I was buzzing my tits off. Twinkle, yeah, yeah. Twinkle, yeah. I, I didn't know what I was allowed to say. He was on a, on a camp bed. And I'd look down and thought, that camp bed looks all right. Just let me get in. Get in like that. And we held each other mm. for about, I would say, 45 minutes. That's bonding. I remember his name. So what Spurs player you would, would, you, would you be doing that with? If you snuck on... Yeah, on the camp of, bed. Yeah, 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 camp bed with, um, I think... Kind of thinking, you gotta be Aurier, surely. He's gotta be the one who's gonna be the most. Yeah, he would be great. Would he, would he annoy you? No, 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 no. He's so he's so positive. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, it it wouldn't be Delhi. It would. I, 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 my gut feeling, Davinson Sanchez. Would we get the best to it? I just think like it would be all right. Uh, for, for me, uh, you know, like the aggressor, the headlock, would be Jan. Really? It, yeah, he, he'd spoon out. Um, I think um, I don't know. I, th- I think Dyer might be that uh, that guy who's just got that grin on his face, like his eyes pointing in different yeah. directions. He's just there, He's going it. out, just loving it. But then I think um, like we'd all be like having it, and everyone's having a great time. And oh, you're right, Gage. You want me to get you some water? And we're all like be touchy feely, and everything will be all right. Water. <laughs> I'll add some. Ben's not been seen in like forty five minutes. And you'd go out, and he would be wearing like an office shirt, but nothing below, and loafers, just walking the street. And nothing, like, nothing. What, like, yeah, just his trousers and pants would be off, but he'd still have his loafers on. <laughs> he'd still have a shirt on, but, but there'd be nothing in between, and that'd be like Ben, man. Wow, come back in, General uh, Ben. I agree. I think Ben Davis would have the worst reaction to it. Give us a, another trivia card. All right. Cool. Name the four players who have scored hat tricks. For three different Premier League teams. So four players, and now could be one. No. Oh. Ferdinand. Uh, Les Ferdinand. One. Sheringham. Two. Ooh. Got a name, Old Cunts. <laughs> Just name Old Cunts. Sheringham's only paid for two. 
So it won't be in Fowler, didn't it? No. We've got to carry on with another right, pod. Carry on. You, like, any of these, if we can't get them, any of these, if you don't shout them out at the end, any of these just kind of tweet us. Yeah, talk. tweet us or just reply to Instagram or Facebook. Uh, we had a question from Brett Davis on Facebook. It says, in a no-holds-barred battle, how many 10-year-olds could you take out? They and you are full-on savages. There's, 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 no, there's nothing a 10-year-old could do to me. In a no-holds-barred battle, what are we talking about? Like knives and... I ain't stabbing a 10-year-old. I'm not stabbing anyone. OK, tell you what. I'll tell you what. Unarmed. I, I, unarmed and clothed. And clothed, all right. OK, <laughs> I, 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 I think after 10, you'd start to struggle. Yeah, 10-year-old, I think... I think maybe... I'd go along with Flash 10. I got on the flash ten because these these kids are massive as fuck. You get a six foot twelve year old for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? Well, if you get one of them, you're unlucky. But generally, you're going to get an underdeveloped to, like uh, it, it, an like, underdeveloped, malnourished ten year old. No, is when, not eating for a week. When you, I don't know. I mean, when you said ten, I was thinking about me when I was ten, and you couldn't tell whether so I that's was, different. That's, that's different times. You couldn't tell whether I was male or female when I was ten. That's true. If it was one of them, if it was me, yeah. 16, 17. OK, we'll go with 10-year-old Flav as, as a metric, cos yeah. we'll be here all night if we're going to, like... Really? Yeah, we'll go with 10-year-old Flav yeah, as a metric. Yeah, I, I think we'd go double figures easily. Yeah, that's <laughs> You know what, I reckon maybe... They just don't have the aggression. But they'll keep coming. These are savages. But, oh, are they? That's what, that's what the question says. They're all well, savages. If they are savages, then, you know, it's Maybe 10. Maybe man. 10. But ultimately, what you're saying is you've got to knock them out. They, you, you, there's no... Th- th- otherwise, they get back up and keep coming. If they're, 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 they're savages, they're going to use weapons. And they're going to be No, like, no, they, they, they have to be... They, they have no weapons either. They've only got their fists. So how much damage can a 10-year-old do yeah, to you? Then, how many different get, clubs, by the way? Three. Okay, go on. Come on, go on. Oh, all right. All right, uh, yeah, so uh, 15, 16. Um, Matt Croker, he says, I love Loris, but does... I love Loris, but does he need to be dropped? I'm starting to forget when he last made a few quality saves in the game. Surely competition in all areas of the pitch, including goalkeeper. Personally, we'd love to see Vaughan get a few games. You know, as a you know something? Um, I'll, let, I'll, let, I'll let the listeners behind the curtain. Um, when Hugo Lloris makes a save, I get a message from Bardi. I've not had many. This is at home, though. This, is at, this is at home. Get a, get a message from Bardi saying what? That he's made a save. Why? Because it is because at, at Wembley it doesn't make many saves. Um, it's a bit of a Claudio Bravo situation at, at home. It isn't at that, Wembley. is it? Because he's not. Bravo was a fucking shambles. M- more to the point, Flav, do you get one of these messages? No, I haven't. No, no so it's a bit I, of an I intro. Got no message. Because Bardi can see me from his seat, and I can see him from my seat. Hold on a minute. So it's an in joke with inside a group. So how are the listeners going to? Let's move on. So, do you think he should be <laughs> dropped? No, of course not. Never. Of course he shouldn't be dropped. But I, understand, I understand where he's coming. I understand the kick in his shit at times. I understand that uh, the goal that we conceded to Chelsea, was the, uh, the Alonso goal, was at his near post, squirmed under him. And I understand, you know, that he can fuck up at times, but a lot of the times, some of the saves he pulls off, are insane. Well, I mean, it's a bit like um, you're in a relationship, you love your girlfriend or your boyfriend, whatever the fuck, and you're happy. 
you discover social media, you discover Instagram, you discover the Explore tab, what your friends are liking, and you see a few, you know, nice-looking girls, and you think, you know what, yeah, I could drop my missus for one of these Instagram girls and be happier. But you know what? The girl you have is fucking amazing. Mm. Don't drop her. That's Hugo. Hugo is your missus, and you may see your missus as a comfortable pair of slippers, but, man, your missus is the fucking best. Appreciate her, love her, show all the love, take her out. Don't look at what's in... Don't, the grass is never green on the other side. Don't do it. Don't drop Hugo. Nice, T. I like it. That's what Hugo is. Yeah, Hugo like is it. your missus and you're happy with her. Yeah, I like it. Hugo is Flav's <laughs> other half. Flav is Spurs fans. Flav loves his missus and he would not stray. Loves us a bit. Yeah. Don't know about that. Oh, hey. Piss on wood. Absolutely. And let's mix it up. Let's ask question. I went to Amsterdam, didn't I, at the weekend, so... Is any of that true anymore? Am I doubting myself? I don't know. I think you might be doubting You will never doubt yourself. I, did, I saw a couple of tasty prostitutes. <laughs> I banged a couple of tasty prostitutes. <laughs> they, were, they were amazing. But they're they're Vaughan. Vaughan. They, are, they, 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 they are Vaughan. And my missus, who was with me at the time, just shaking her head outside. Uh, is, uh, I'll, I'll tell is you what, though. Speaking of Hugo Lloris, I mean... He's got a bit of a mini bromance thing with um, Fernando Lorente. And Eric Dyer and Deli Ali are very active on social media, so you see and hear a lot of their bromance. But um, Hugo and Lorente aren't very big social media guys, but they're often together. So when they went up to Zappos today, they were pictured together. I were. What, 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 what do you think of that? Because there's, there's been a few complaints about Lorenzo shaving off his beard, but he still looks handsome. I, uh, I, I, so I, I, I love, uh, love Lloris. He's not on any social media at all. Um, his wife is on uh, Insta. Yeah. And I follow her on Insta just to get a glimpse of him. I haven't seen fuck all, nothing. Of what? Of, of Lorenzo. Of Hugo, no, of, of Hugo, Hugo. Just, just like chilling out or whatever. It's like pure, like, his daughters and family and all that. Like, and all I want to do is see what Hugo's doing, man. But it's nothing, nothing. What do you make of it all, Fluff? Are you happy with the romance? Do you, do, you, do you prefer Deli Ali and Eric Dyer, or do you prefer...? I, I, I honestly feel nothing at all. I just want them to be happy. Because we were tweeted last week about... Son and Vimmer. Yeah. Son was very sad about Vimmer leaving to Stoke, and he said, oh, this is my best mate, and he's gone to Stoke, you know, I'm really sad about him going away. And, yeah. <laughs> that was cracking, cracking me up. He's been like, Son's pouring his heart out, yeah. and then you, and then Flavio was saying about Vimmer, he's probably yeah, he's like, like, he's looking at oh, for fuck's sake, I've got so another message. Son's fucking, un- un- exactly, again, he? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it was, you know, sometimes you meet people that like, get on, but then they like you a bit more than... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? No, I don't know. Just difficulties would come over in the park. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really joking. I love you very much, Ricky. Should we move on? Uh, yeah, Pub- oh, fucking hell. How many of these fucking... This is ridiculous. P- Bobby... Have we got any Spurs? No. Uh, Bobby H0315. Pew Pizza or Spunk Mac and Cheese? Pew Pizza. Mate, that is a fucking horrid question. Honestly, like, I'm not going to answer the question. Why? Because I, I, I can't be bothered, right? I'm fucking playing the game here. I, I, I can't be bothered, but it, 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 if I'm wrong, do you want us to answer questions like this rather than talk about Spurs? If you do... But we're at a point, at a point where we're all pissed up and just answer stuff, isn't it? All right, Spunk Mac and Cheese then. 
Is it? Nah. <laughs> I don't know. Like when, you, when you're eating the pizza, the oh no, fuck, Mate, this is disgusting. Yeah, a few pizza all day long. All right, can we move on? Okay, next question. Dubs weed. Sorry, a little bit there. Um, other than add pace out wide, can you give a convincing reason why we can't win the league? Oh, it's Wembley, isn't it? I think Wembley is Tottenham. the elephant in the room. Tottenham, yeah. <laughs> we could have won the league last year and the year before, but we didn't. But what's interesting about this question is um, there's a lot of negativity around around Spurs. I shouldn't say a lot, because it's not a lot. I mean, it's, 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 there's, there's people who are a bit negative about Spurs and, you know, we should have beat um, Burnley, we should have beat Swansea and we're not going to get anywhere if we don't beat these teams. Mm. But we're a very fucking good time. When we started this pod, we had, um, I think, we just reached the Champions League and we had Renop as our boss and we were saying, well... Did we have the Champions League the first time we did the pod? Yes. In 2011? Fuck. July 2011. Did we qualify in 2010 season? Yes, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. We didn't, we didn't make the Champions League. So we had Renop and we were like... Back then, people were like saying, well, why didn't we reach the next level, you know? Why didn't we push on? And now we've reached second. We've, we were second in the league last season. Yeah. I, I mean, we could have signed better players than maybe we have signed, but Sanchez is, looks like he's been there for years. Lorente, I love what Lorente did at in, injury time last week. He showed experience that he won at the West Ham players. Mm. They were fighting with us. It took the sting out of the game because... Um, yeah, they got wound up. You know when the, 90, when the 90 minutes goes and you get the injury time and the home fans are like, fucking come on, there's five minutes left. Mm. And the away team are like, you know what, this is, where, did, where did those five minutes come from? And Lorenzo said, you know, I'm going to wind up their players. And they were fighting, they were fighting, and the clock was running down. So you know what, this is... So I think Lorente is a good sign from that point of view. But maybe what is someone more younger and virile... Mm. Do you, like when Laurenti come on, do you think he was told? Do you think Potts had a word in his ear and said like, like you're going up for these challenges, drag out as much as you can. It's like part of the tactics, like just fucking play up to whatever, draw it out, slow the rhythm down, don't let him like start launching balls in the box. Do what you need to. Do you know what I or, thought? Or do you think Laurenti done it by himself, or do you think it was just? I reckon there's, I reckon there's a wink. Yeah. Okay, okay Potts gave him a wink, so you know, just, just go out there, wink, end of. Levante played against Pochettino, actually. I think his debut was against Pochettino. So like, the show, like the shows, man. Bill Old Bow. school. Yeah, Bill Bow against Espanol. So they put it in the just because he gave him a wink, so you know what? I've got, got no words for this London derby. Wink, go out there, dish out wallops on his down low, and yeah. Okay, one final question to end the Fighting Cock podcast. Go on, Rick. Uh, which club was originally based in South East London before moving to North London in 1913? I've got no idea. Who's that? I've got no idea. Answers on the postcard. Tweet us. I don't know. We'll accept any names for their club. Absolutely any names. (laughs) Anything you can think of to describe them. Actually, I'll tell you what. What would be interesting? Tweet us the most... Imaginative, imaginative name you can tweet us about Arsenal. Anything you can, you can describe them. Twitter, we, Instagram. No, 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 no. no. Just, just Twitter, and then we'll, we'll, we will retweet every single one. Nice. Every single weird name you've got for them. Everything, it has to relate to, to, to them, whoever they may be. Yeah. And we will we'll retweet everyone. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. I love you, Rick. I love you too. I love you guys. I love you too. Ha, 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 ha.
This donkey's no longer the big dog. Ricky is. I'm not a big dog. <laughs> you are. I'm just the main dog. Podcast Network. Sports Social 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 Podcast Network.